Rookie Fever, the show that looks closely at NFL rookie values all year long. The Rookie Fever Podcast. We just having fun and we working, baby. That's it, baby. And welcome to the Rookie Fever Podcast. I am Mike, the Feverish Fenero, and we are doing it again. The Rookie Fever Player Profile Series is back for a third year. I truly hope Rookie Fever is one of your already must-listens, and if not, we are bringing you at least two of these 2023 rookie profiles every week. So this is, if this is your first listen, be sure to subscribe and follow at Rookie Fever on Twitter so you don't miss one. These profiles are short shows packed with information on this incoming 2023 rookie class that everyone's been talking about. This week, our special guest is Jason DiRienzo, Scouting Academy grad, Debbie to Dynasty co-host and friend of the Rookie Fever podcast. You can find him on Twitter at All Purpose Scout. Jason, how the heck are you? Oh, man, I am doing fantastic. I am so glad that we are doing this once again. I don't think I'm going to let you stop doing these. Nah. Like, I, I, I look forward to them. So. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Yeah, it's, it's a it's, blast and we get to talk about rookies and football and it's, it's all good, man. Yeah, I love it. And I love having you on. You have been with us every single year. I think last year you did two profiles. And I think this year we'll let the cat out of the bag. You're doing two profiles again. And you're finally going to get away from the wide receiver position for me. And you're going to dig into running backs. We're not going to tell people who, but no, no, let's not tell them. But yeah, that's coming outside my comfort zone. (laughs) You will get to hear Jason's voice one more time. If you love it like I do, this is a lot of fun, Jason. I'm looking forward to getting into this one. Are you ready to get into this? I am ready. Rookie Fevers. Rookie Player Profile Edition. So tell our listeners who you chose and why. Yeah, I chose Iowa State wide receiver Xavier Hutchinson because all this kid has done since he's touched the field in the NCAA is produce. Uh, he's got the requisite size that you're looking for. And honestly, his all around game is something that I really respect. And uh, I think he can make some noise at the NFL level if it all works out with his development. See, Jason has done a lot of these profiles. He knows not to go off the deep end with everything he wants to say about Xavier because he <laughs> knows before, so he I've knows I got some questions coming yep. out that'll get it all out. So here we go. So the first thing is the production. You're right. Every time I looked at anything related to this guy, it was about production. In fact, in, his, in 2020, his sophomore season, 47 catches, 652 yards and five touchdowns. He started fielding all kinds of offers from power five teams. Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Utah, TCU, Nebraska, all offering Hutchinson a, a place at their college, yeah. but he stayed at Iowa. This is the curveball I told you about before we started. Wait a second, because it's a long question, okay? So give me a okay. second to get it all out. This hesitation, Mike. Yeah. Why is Hutchinson not David Bell? Both have the same size. Both had 3,000 yards over three years. Both weren't aren't going to be tops in their class and both projected to be day two picks and both accused. If anything that they're accused of, both were accused of lacking athleticism and speed traits. Tell me Mm -hmm. why Hutchinson's not David Bell. Well, actually I don't mind that comp at all. 
And I'm, you know, regardless of what happened with David Bell's rookie season, I'm still a big fan, and I think there's still more to come of him. But uh, why can't, why isn't he David Bell? I actually think Xavier Hutchinson's a, a little bit more athletic than David Bell is. Okay. If you watch the way he moves, uh, he he knows how to sink his hips. Uh, he's got some Quentin Johnston lateral movement to him. And what I mean by that is for a taller not not bigger receiver because he's not thick framed, but for the length, he knows how to really get some good ankle flexion, shift his body weight, and make some nice lateral adjustments to be evasive. Where I don't believe David Bell actually had that. I think David Bell is more manipulative within his body gestures, his mechanics, footwork, that sort of thing. Not because of the actual me- like how his body was able to laterally shift and evade and separate and uh, get some, you know, smooth breaks within his routes. I think that's probably one of the only things because both were vastly productive and a lot of it had to do with the system as well. Mm -hmm. So I watched two games and forgive me. I don't remember which the two games were, but the the thing that I saw and, and I'm going to call it wrong. I'm going to call it body manipulation it's probably the wrong term. The way he turns his body in all kinds of ways to catch the ball, I found very impressive. Uh, very impressive. Like, I felt like in some cases, there was like almost an action figure out there where you could turn it, you know, 360 degrees all the way around his hips. Like, it was very, it was, that was very impressive for me. The thing mm-hmm. that I, I felt like I wasn't seeing was down downfield throws. I saw a lot of short throws and I didn't see as much, separation explain what you see which is more important than what i see like so route running in particular and then those things like separation which you love to talk about what do you see when you see xavier hutchison on tape yeah so the first thing that really stood out to me was his release off the line of scrimmage very quick uh you know eats into the cushion of the defender and what i mean by that is if it's a space release if there's a space between him and the defensive back he can quickly get right into the body of the defender and within that timing understand how to use stemming so he kind of shifts his his foot or his his legs to kind of manipulate that he's going to go one way and he'll go another and i really like how he does that i think he's got great stemming ability he he has a nice speed release even though i think you pinpointed something i don't think he has great long speed he looks more like a high four or five guy But at the same time, the way that he's able to manipulate defenders with just the gestures uh, kind of knows exactly how to time it, time the the stems and, you know, just kind of get into the breaks. I really like that about him. And again, he's got those long legs and that long frame. And for him to really be able to sink down and shift his weight to the point where he can be in a direct stance and there's a defender coming at him and still like shimmy his way and mm-hmm. throw that defender off and get around him. That's pretty impressive for a guy who's six, three and just around two Oh five. I really like that a lot. Now, when you come to the, the body cat or, or the catches, he's a contortionist. I like yeah. to use that word because he knows exactly how to identify where the ball is within the trajectory of it coming to him and get his hands and frame his hands to the ball and adjust himself to be able to catch outside of his frame with some difficult over-the-shoulder catches. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are ones where he's – I don't even know how he sees the ball and the ball is in his hands. Now, there were some catches that he should have had. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think he had the greatest contested catch rate. I think it's around 45%. 
But at the same time, when I watch Hunter Decker's his, his quarterback, he didn't do him any favors either. And a lot of times that left-handed throw was something that was really, you know, it was detrimental to a lot of his receivers. But not, but again, for Hutchinson to be an NFL-level guy, he's got to make these catches. But yeah, I love the body adjustment. I love exactly how he knows how to contort his body and get over defenders. There's something special with how he moves to the point where he is going to be that true outside receiver. And I think that's might be, I think you might've pinpointed what I was calling like I, where I didn't see separation. He seemed like he was like right on top of the defender, every catch right at him. Yeah. yeah. And I'll, I will say this too, Mike, a lot of it is, I don't think he has the speed mm -hmm. either. Mm -hmm. And I think, that is also why he's always with the defenders. And where, where that David Bell comp really beautifully mm -hmm. comes into play, the good news is he can overcome that because he's got the, fu the functional strength and the fantastic hands and ball skills to go with it. That's what I was just about to say. So he can play in that space, right? Like oh, we, we use that. We use the absolutely. expression like the running back can 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 make a move in a phone booth. Like it does mm -hmm. seem like he is occupying the same space as a defender, which is why for like, sure I yep. would I said he lacks separation because like sometimes like some of the true separators that I've seen like in the NFL or in college like the defenders like back there because he just juked the hell out of him and he's, he's he's off to the races doing something else and then you're like wow how did that guy get that open and you have to watch the whole play I was looking for that for some reason <laughs> I was looking for a little <laughs> I was looking for like even one of those and all I saw was him playing in that tight space and winning like over and over again winning yeah. um and I think it goes down to everything you said about that that first step and his leverage and his strength and so I mean he's certainly a big wide receiver um I think mm -hmm. he's one of the bigger ones in this class he profiles a little closer to he's not quite as big uh meaning as heavy as Drake London but he's like right around the same size like height wise Drake somewhere bigger, in there yeah Drake is a bigger guy like, he's, he's I think a bigger it's like guy. i think it's like a good 15 18 pounds but yeah um, somewhere in that but still six three good size um yeah. he's already considered by many to be a top 100 pick could he move up from the top 100 i think how he talks and speaks with coaches is actually going to help him because if they go back and watch the film, they're going to say, I can work with this kid. Why? Because he's coachable. The one thing that is really familiar with me because I have a military background is he grew up with a military family oh, and nice. he was born and raised in Jacksonville. So he grew up with that. Yes, sir. No, sir. Work ethic, respect, knows how to put in the work in order to get what he wants. I mean, his dad and his whole family instilled that in him to the point where he came from Juco. He, I mean, he, he actually started out two years at junior college and then he came over and was a three-star recruit when he was going into Iowa state. And like you said, Oklahoma, a lot of these bigger schools tried to come in and snatch him away. And he stayed true to Matt Campbell at Iowa state. And that I like a kid like that. I like a kid who says, I'm going to do something sticks to it and is determined to come out on top, no matter what that decision was. So there's a there's a lot of character that you can like with this kid and knowing that he's coachable and and looking at all he's done at his time at Iowa State. I think there even though the upside of athleticism in there, I think the upside of intelligence and what he can learn as far as route running and everything is definitely going to be something that intrigues NFL teams. Right. It, it's it, real, real quick, I was listening to a podcast not too long ago, and I can't remember who it was, but it was the old Vikings GM. And he was saying that the biggest misses he has he's had 
is going after highly athletic upside guys who just don't aren't coachable and just rely on the athleticism. And he missed on the guys who didn't do great at the combine, but had that mental state that they had that determination, internal drive to want to be the best. He's like, that's what I missed on. He's like, I will never overlook that again. And I thought to myself, I'm like, that's a great point. Like, I'm glad to hear that that is something that's important because as evaluators, all we have is film. So we yep. need this kind of information. How do you see him being utilized in NFL offenses, slot only, mix of slot, outside? Uh, I, I definitely think he's going to be an outside receiver. Um, and when I, you know, when I'm going through and I'm looking at what Xavier Hutchinson has done in the in comparison to like, you know, the Alan Lazards and Akeem Butlers that have come out of Iowa State, that really it's like, holy crap, like that's who that's who we're talking about. Like, how is he going to be any better than these guys? Well, when it came to Alan Lazard and Akeem Butler, both of those guys had to be put in the slot at Iowa State in order to succeed. Mm. Xavier Hutchinson didn't have to come from the outside and be put in the slot. He's been on the outside, and he's been dominant since the time he stepped foot at Iowa State. So knowing that he didn't have to be shifted around, he was already on the outside. He played on the inside in the slot. He's a versatile athlete along the line. That makes me feel so much better knowing that it it doesn't take him being moved into a position where he's got more space and more to work with. Like he he's on the outside and he's doing everything he can do and they're positioning him to succeed and he can still win on the outside. I I really like that a lot. That that's what separates what we saw from Akeem Butler who's a massive athletic upside who mm -hmm. didn't pan out and Alan Lazard who took forever to be basically be the only guy in the Packers to actually get some production going. I think Xavier Hutchinson has a cleaner path. Obviously you like him a little bit. So I want you to dig deeper and just talk about like, if he's going to fail in the NFL, what are going to be the reasons why, what are his weaknesses? I think the weaknesses are going to be the fact that the overall athleticism might, might lack. Right. But when I watch the film, I think it's, I think he's average and which is okay because at the same time, I think he can win against, you know, average athletes at the NFL level too. And when I watch how he plays along the perimeter, he has he has the alpha mentality. He's got the functional strength. It's not like he has to body catch the ball. Like he can make some shoestring adjustments to catch even the most erratic throws out there. So I feel good about that. But I do think that, you know, the, the speed is going to be an issue. I think the route running, he didn't have an expansive route tray. So that's something that's going to have to pick up um, and make him a little bit more adaptable to today's NFL if he's going to stick as a starter. Uh, I also think that it's just going to be how a team is going to utilize him, mm -hmm. right? And the quarterback itself, if he's going to play on the outside, hopefully he's going to play with a quarterback that can get him the ball. And as we've seen, the slot receivers become pretty popular unless you're a brand name like your DeAndre Hopkins or others that can really get to the outside perimeter and make big plays. It's probably not going to happen. So I, I also I think the scheme, too, and how he's going to be used is going to be pretty important. The quarterback that works with him is going to have to be someone that trusts that he's going to do that right because oh, yeah. like we talked yeah. about he's playing kind of close to the other guy so like if all of a sudden he's right. playing for example with a rookie quarterback that lacks the confidence like he's not going to look open is that does that make sense like so i feel like yeah that yeah 
I think one of the biggest things, like George Pickens, let's use him as an example. Yeah. He, yep. He's he's an elite ball skilled contortionist. Yes. But he has the speed and athleticism to go with it, right? That puts him up a step. Yeah. The issue that I had with with Pickens is that there was maturity level and how was he going to, you know, react with that? How was he going to be at the NFL level? Well, yep. he landed with the Steelers who are probably the best team you could possibly land on if you're, if you're a nutcase. Right. <laughs> so that worked out perfectly for right. him. And that's what I'm saying. I think it comes down to an NFL team and who's going to be willing to work with his skill set that is really going to help him take off. But yeah, his, his adjustments, all that stuff. I, I think that's only going to help him at the next level. Give me a juicy landing spot for Xavier mm. Hutchinson. Cause we are, cause I think this is a good question. I'll buy you some time. I think this is a good question. <laughs> I think this is a good question because we just talked about like he, you know, this is the kind of profile that might need a couple things. The first one that comes to mind, and it's not like there's an opportunity available now, but I can see a path to it. Uh, the Chargers are in a weird cap situation, right? They mm -hmm. may even have to figure out what they're going to do with Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. As much as I love him, that dude can't stay on the field, and availability is no. the best ability. Yeah, you know, Josh Palmer, he's been nice. He's starting to come on, but I could see Xavier Hutchinson doing really well in the system and having Justin Herbert as his quarterback. I, I kind of like what they'd be able to do, shifting him from the slot into the outside. Yeah, I like I like the quarterback choice for sure. And then it just takes a little bit of a narrative to give him the opportunity. Because yeah, a little a bit lot of narrative. Of, yeah. But if I'm thinking of mm -hmm. what. Yep. kind of situation the Chargers in. Yep. I, I kind of like what could be for Xavier Hutchinson with them. All right. So, you know, we like to do, we don't like to do player comps, but we like to do player comp reactions. So draftdive.com's Matthew Lewis compared him to a rookie from last year's class saying his athleticism and body control, which we talked about, reminds mm -hmm. him of Alec Pierce. I don't know that one. Doesn't like No, just... No. Well, Alec Pierce, I think he's a lot more athletic Got it. Uh, than Xavier Hutchinson. So I don't necessarily see that. I, I'm not a comp guy, but the way that he plays, and I'm looking at the earlier um, mm -hmm. ways that uh, Devontae Parker, I kind of see a little bit. Oh, wow. I, nice. Yeah, nice. I can, I can see a Devontae Parker type of player coming from Xavier Hutchinson when, once nice. he reaches that ceiling. Hopefully uh stays on the field more <laughs> than Parker, but... <laughs> I mean, when Parker's healthy and he's there, he's pretty good. So I can no Parker. Parker's like good. Parker has some talent. It's just like you yeah. said, it's a lot of things going against Parker. Yeah. All right. So, you know, we have our final two questions coming up. Uh, these are two questions that are not about Xavier Hutchinson, the general questions. So I just want to ask one more quick question before we move on. Is there anything else that you would like to add about Xavier Hutchinson before we move on to the final two questions? Yeah, I mean, we talk about production all the time, and mm -hmm. there's a whole analytical community out there who's fallen in love with him just looking at the box score and numbers, and that is a big part of what what, what does stand out if you don't watch film um, is his analytics. So I'm just going to go through them real quick. I mean, his first career, he has a 28% dominator rating, but last, last season it was 34%. I started doing what I call a weighted dominator rating where I have a balance between receptions touchdowns and yards and his dominator rate dominator rating last year weighted was at 35 percent. so i like to see if his dominator rating and weighted are very similar that tells me he's a very consistent player and i like that i like to see that so that stood out to me yards per team pass attempt is 2.44 good yards per route run 2.72 uh from this season last year really good yards per reception is 10.9 last season career 11.5 Receptions in the season, 
my baseline is 60. He had 107 receptions last season Mm -hmm. and 254 in his three-year career. So that stands out big time. His average depth of target last season was 9.2, career 9.1. Again, very, very close together. And that's something I really like. He's a multi-sport athlete, played basketball. He's got three years of good production. And he has a career 4.9% drop rate. The film and the analytics, they match. I'll take it. The other part of it is the analytics that don't like favor him. Uh, he has a breakout age of 20. Uh, that's also because he came in from Juco. Uh, and then he's going to be a 23-year-old rookie mm. by the time he starts his first season. And again, he spent two years at Juco, and he came over and did three years at Iowa State. So that has a lot to do with it, too. And the fact that he's not really playing much on special teams. Special teams, he needs to be able to contribute. So that's a downfall as well. Yeah. All right. So that, that was like, um, that was like, we started off like a rocket then we came back down, <laughs> we came back down to earth. And then, and then I asked you if you had anything else you got a to roller say. coaster right here. And then we went straight back up again. And then you're like, nah, hold on, hold on. There's some stuff I don't like as well. So this is great. This is what we want out of these profiles. We want, we want you to be encouraged to do your own research. We want you to take this podcast. We want you to check out the Debbie to Dynasty podcast and, and them on YouTube as well. There's some tape you can watch there, which is a mm-hmm. lot of fun. I told you I watched those Absolutely. two games. Get your own opinion. Use this as part of what you do to evaluate these guys. And it doesn't take a lot of time because we're distilling so much of it for you. But um, this player intrigues me. I want to I check out some more. Yeah, he, he's a lot of fun, and it's hard not to be a fan of him. Like, if you watch him and you kind of learn about his story, it's just hard not to be a fan. And who knows what his NFL prospects are going to be. I mean, this isn't a Garrett Wilson, Drake London right. type of prospect. But at the same time, I like the underdog that he is right now because I really think there could be a rise. Yeah, I see a story there as well. Yeah, yep. All right, who is your guy? One guy you're hanging your hat on. This is a this is a can't miss prospect for you. Mike, I this is a hard draft, man. <laughs> I'm not joking. I've I've gone through and there are more flaws with a lot of these prospects than I've had in a long time. I know um, the wide receivers were supposed to like come through glistening. Yeah, I they have, had some rough they food. have their flaws yeah. too, but if mm-hmm. there's one I feel good about, it's going to be Jackson Smith and Jigba. Yeah. I, even though he was injured last season, if he was healthy, I mean, him and alongside Marvin Harrison Jr. and Emeka Igbuka, I think they would have just gone crazy. But I think a healthy Jack, Jackson Smith and Jigba is probably the one I feel best about. Now, Quentin Johnston is probably going to be a one for a lot of people yeah, as far as receiver. Yep. Uh, I have I have my issues with him, and I'll let the person who's going to do the profile on him sure. kind of talk about him a little bit further. But uh, I, I think him um, – and there's a couple running backs – but they had Jameer Gibbs. Who knows about the size? Yeah, it's there's there's flaws in this class. The hanging the hat, it, it's not the great. That's not the feeling I had about Garrett Wilson. That was the easy one. Wow. All right. That's great. Yeah. I love perspective, and you gave us plenty of that with that with that uh, observation on your uh, your guy in this year's draft. A lot of hesitation on that. How about this? Is there hesitation on the guy you won't touch, and you think people will overdraft? Mm. not touches maybe an exaggeration i know what you mean yeah, yeah um, but somebody you're definitely lower on than it seems like consensus is 
And maybe, I, I maybe think, a little warning to people who are all over this person. Yeah, a little warning. And this is also going to be a little uh, marketing on my part, too, for me and Brandon. But nice. we just did a Zach Evans rookie report video. I just, I just watched it today. That would be the guy. Yeah. That would be the guy. Not that I won't touch him. But mm -hmm. I have my reservations on how he is going to be at the next level and how he's going to develop. Um, I don't think he is what everybody thinks he is. Uh, there's definitely some flaws that are that really stand out when you watch the film. So I would say, definitely say watch the film on Zach Evans. Like you said, get get your own perspective, make your own decision. Um, but Brandon and I definitely helped you with that on our last video. You can check out a Debbie Dynasty YouTube channel page. Um, but yeah, Zach Evans would be that guy. Jason, yeah. thank you so much. Uh, uh, my, could, thank you, buddy. Oh, man. Could not have done this show without you. Please tell everyone where they can find you, your content, anything else you have coming up that you want to promote. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can find me at uh, All Purpose Scout on Twitter. I'm a writer at DebbieWatch.com. We are working on our Debbie Watch guide for 2023, and it's an absolute nightmare with this transfer portal, but we will get through it, and we'll have a great product for everybody. And you can also catch me with my buddy Brandon at Debbie to Dynasty uh, YouTube channel page, and we have our Debbie to Dynasty podcast that we do weekly as well. Yeah, and you will, you'll be able to... Uh catch jason here again on another rookie player profile this time a Can runner yes a running back and brandon will also be doing profiles he has done them i believe since the beginning as well if not he's definitely done them the so. last year yeah yeah he definitely did once in the last year i think he did tyler algier last year um so yeah so we Mike, have thank coming. you so much buddy oh, of I, course. Had, I had absolute course. blast with you once i again. look forward to doing this with you every year i think this is why we do too because i think we both enjoy it so this has been a lot of fun and uh looking Favorite forward tradition. to the next one yeah we definitely yep. do thanks again jason and thank you our listeners for allowing us to hit your ears this is the rookie fever podcast please do not forget to rate and review and please do not forget to be awesome yeah, I get a fever that's so hard to bear, rookie fever. When you kiss me, fever when you hold me tight. Fever in the morning, fever all through the night. Sun lights up the daytime, moon lights up the night. I light up when you call my name, and you know Something you all know Fever isn't such a new thing Fever started long ago now Who got the one-on-one scouting has never done this to be throw and run I told you anyone Size and speech just unreal Landing spot not ideal Wait, wait, just break out A full rookie fever stage Romeo loved Juliet Juliet, she felt the same When he pulled his arms around her He said, Julie, baby, you're my flame Wow, we get a fever When we kiss it Fever without planning you Fever I'm a fire Fever, yeah, I burn for soup Cause I got the fever, now you got the fever, so she got the fever, and he got the fever, no cure for the fever, so let's feed the fever, thank God for the fever, thank God for the fever. fever.
Fibonacci, 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 F